I think it was a, for a certain time in my life, it was a bit of a sanctuary actually. And I'm, you know, being sincere that particularly initially when I wasn't working and maybe felt a bit lost, a bit directionless, it gave me the sort of space to think and ponder about what I wanted to do. I wasn't doing much beyond that, being in the library, but it just felt like I, it was a bit more functional. I think I can remember like doing my CV in there and kind of searching for jobs or, or just thinking about what I might want to do. So I think it, it made me feel as if I was getting up and going to work, even though I wasn't. And then the sort of irony is, you know, fast forward 15 years or whatever, it then sort of became my pseudo office at a time. I still don't have an office, but I've got my little setup at home. But I will still pop down here at, at the Central Library from time to time and use it. I'm not good at working with noise. And I've got three kids, so having that sort of quiet time. I, I've genuinely got really fond memories of this place. And there was a time when I, I had uh, mental health issues. I had sort of money problems. I had sort of other stuff going on that I just struggled to process or have the time to and it just gave me a little bit of that space to go down somewhere, be who you are, have no expectations of you, just have a coffee, pick a book up, have a chat, clear your head and then I think that helped me in my kind of healing journey and sort of process to then kind of start to think about well actually where do I want to go, what do I want to do? So I actually swam the length of um, the Bristol Avon last year as a mermaid, <laughs> towing a poo sculpture, investigating how river pollution affects wildlife like otters. And I swam into Bristol Harbour, which was really fun. It was a bit of a rainy day, but it was magical because I actually hadn't didn't know how I was going to finish. And I was surprised by these lovely outdoor um, synchro swimmers. And they did a little dance at the harbour edge and they pulled me out of the river and they circled me and sung. The water just gives you so, so much, whatever, whatever you need. If you're having a bad day, I go to the water and it gives me the peace of, and quiet. I just love it. My barbershop is based in Stokescroft. There's a sense of community about the place. The best thing that I've had happen to me on Stokescroft is when my campaign was going on for my deportation case um, to get petitions and uh, character references from uh, numerous amount of people. Stokescroft banded together and they had made a mural for me on uh, Turbo Island. Someone said, oh, look up, what's that? Who's that? And it was my face on the side of a, side of a wall. If they actually were to come round to a ridiculous answer and actually ask me to leave this country and basically leave Stokescroft, basically leave Bristol, I'd be devastated.
the Bristol Hindu community doesn't live in one specific area. So the temple is finally the moment that people can all come together and see each other. I think this temple has meant different things to me at different times. As a child, when maybe your primary concern is not wanting to stick out, I didn't like the temple. I thought it was really weird. It didn't have the discipline or the calm that I perceive churches to have. I think as I've got older and feel less ashamed of my heritage, now the temple is somewhere that I think of very warmly, very nostalgically, especially as the elders of our generation are, are dying out. And so that connection is becoming more watered down, I suppose. Felix Road Adventure Playground is based in Easton in Bristol and it's a little oasis in the middle of a really built up inner city area. Yeah, it's a playground, but it's not your average playground. We've got a load of structures built of wood that are built by the children here. When you first arrive here, it's like a, a sort of magical space. Every session, there seems to be uh, some funny or memorable event that takes place. It starts off with just a couple of kids kind of jumping over a sprinkler system to a full-on water fight where um, people are scrabbling about for balloons and going and filling up big buckets and chucking them around. Those sort of things are, are just, yeah, wonderful to be part of when you've got your kid there and they're in their, you know, they're not in their best clothes because you've took them to the playground, but you know, then you end up sort of dragging them home half naked, sopping wet with a load of soaking wet clothes. And it's just, it's just lovely those things that they get to experience and the fun that can just be had spontaneously. pros of having a yoga studio in a shipping container um, definitely are the fact that the space feels really held. It's a box, essentially. And I think what you get with that is this, this sense of containment. It's, it's a simple structure. It's not a permanent structure. And there's something about that that feels quite fluid. And the fact that we're by the water kind of links in with that fluidity. I became a yoga guide because I want to guide movement that helps people celebrate their body, love their body, and our body is this vessel that we are in, and it's here to be enjoyed, pleasured, nourished, celebrated. I, I couldn't imagine doing, doing anything else. It's, it just feels in my bones. I feel like the best version of me because I have this space. It's a space to celebrate the body, to enjoy the body. It's a space to be human and elevate. So when I first started coming to the Climbing Academy, it was a big decision for me because it was like you got paid 30 pounds or whatever it is a month to join and that seemed like quite a lot of money at the time and I sort of framed it as like oh this is a thing to do instead of going out drinking or something. I suppose the sort of beginning of a kind of different type of socialising. I generally come here alone 
I almost always bump into people when I'm here. I always, you know, turn my phone off, leave it in the locker and just feel into my body when you're approaching a climbing problem. You know, there's no point sort of getting angry with it. The way to sort of have a kind of optimum performance and to actually get through it is to make your body and make your mind uh, relax a certain extent but still have a sort of focus and so yeah that is really valuable to me. D-Lane Skate Park makes me feel like I'm wanted, like I've skated on my own and it's kind of lonely. You come here, you're part of a family and you know, which a lot of people need. You could be a lonely skater and absolutely hate it or you could come here, meet people and yeah, you just have a skate family. I've made friends that now I count as my best friends where, you know, I could drop my kids off to them. <laughs> so. To be involved in a skate scene like Dean Lane is, is pretty good. You just yeah, feel wanted, you get acknowledged for stuff. Even if you fall over, people will like shout and be like, yay, well done for trying. So yeah, to come here, it's like an enjoyment pretty much. Like kind of like going to a festival, the overwhelming feeling of coming and turning up whenever. What better way than to bring people together than to break bread, but also increase understanding about Islam as well. The Grand Ifta on Selmars Road has massive personal significance for myself. Firstly, I find it so spiritually enriching. It's also incredible just witnessing the sheer intergenerational reconnecting of our communities, people of all faiths and none, and just that vibe, that buzz on Selmars Road. You can smell the food in the background. You've got the Arabic nasheed music playing, the throng of thousands of people as they begin to be seated and, and the many, many conversations taking place it's just great and the fact that it's being replicated up and down the country and in fact globally it just means so much it is really inspirational and i absolutely hope that my children find it as spiritually enriching as i do bristol bear bar means so, so much to me as a little queer kid growing up in the middle of Wales, having no one around me and moving to Bristol 16 years ago and finding a space where I see other people like me, I see elders of my community, I see every single part of the LGBTQ alphabet all cohabitating in one space together. It's really, really special and it's something that when I was growing up I thought I would never have and now that I have it, it's something that needs to be cherished and, you know, there's that phrase amongst local small venues, if you don't use it, you lose it. Bristol's gay scene would feel the loss completely if Bear Bar wasn't there. It's the heart of Bristol gay scene, I'd say.
My dad was a caretaker when he used to be a police training school. Brilliant place, actually, then. It's a good laugh, actually. King's Weston House in the grounds itself was a, quite a large area. So he used to say to me sometimes, could you go and shut the main gate? Rather than walk, he used to pitch the car. Well, I didn't pitch the car, he used to know I could drive it. So he used to take the car to the main gate and bolt the gate up for the end of the day. And uh, then we used to go for a little joy ride around the grounds, really. Uh, <laughs> but of course, when it got to known that I was driving a car around, my mates used to turn up from school, so we used to actually fill the car right up. There was loads of us in the car and driving around, and even on the roof, when we was driving around and trying to get them to fall off. How can you imagine that, with the kids falling on the roof? In those days, you didn't care, there was no fear. The first thing BCFM means to me is community. I hear the accents and I meet the people and it's like, this is what you call a proper melting pot. I'm Jamaican and our motto is out of many one people. I really do feel that here. I feel a sense of belonging. I feel a sense of freedom. Coming into the BCFM studios for me is, is therapy. It's belonging. I want to be there. I live with quite a few health conditions and there are many, many mornings when instead of getting up and coming here, I could be in my bed doing nothing. But I actually don't. So on the day before I come here, I make sure I do very little and I go to my bed early. So I try not to be unwell. And if I'm unwell, I feel like I'm losing out. I get a lot of pay from being at, at BCFM Radio. None of it is money. But I tell you what, the remuneration is... You can't put a value on it because it is so precious. <laughs>